In this presentation, we will discuss employer-provided adoption benefits. Information can be found in the 2018 Instructions for Form 8839. Employer-provided adoption benefits. In most cases, employer-provided adoption benefits are amounts your employer paid directly to either you or a third party for qualified adoption expenses under a qualified adoption assistance program. So we can imagine the situation where the employer, our employer, would either be paying us directly or the third party, but it would have to be under the Qualified Adoption Expenses Program, and therefore being under the Qualified Adoption Expenses Program would possibly provide us with some benefits in some cases. A Qualified Adoption Assistance Program is a separate written plan set up by the employer to provide adoption assistance to its employees. For details, we can see Publication 15B, so if this is something you want to look into to have a qualified adoption assistance program as an employer, or if this is something you want to have questions about, publication 15B, take a look at irs.gov pub 15B. Employer-provided adoption benefits should be shown in box 12 of your form W-2 with code T. Your salary may be reduced to pay for these benefits. You also may be able to include amounts not shown in box 12 of your form W-2 if all the following apply. So generally it's going to be on the W-2, of course the W-2 reporting our income from the employer at the end of the year, box 12, and then we'd have code section T. This is an example of a data input screen in tax software and typically we would have 45,000 from box 1 that's going to be reported on the tax return. And then if we go to box 12, we could find that amount in uh, that says T in box 12, and that would be the adoption benefits. If we say, say, 5,000, we have 45,000 in box 1, and then 5,000 in uh, box 12 with that T next to it. Then if we go to the forms, you'll note that in box 1, under the wages, we input it here. It's got the 45,000 in box 1. Now, the 45,000 is what the tax is generally going to be calculated on. It may be the case that the 5000 was received over and above and not included in the gross pay of the 45000 And in that if that's the case, that's going to be an easy way to record this for the employee uh, because obviously then we just have to take the W-2 and, and we can easily just record this and we've already reduced basically. We got kind of, you can think of it kind of like a deduction, but it's basically reducing the income before we even report it. So it's not like we report income and then a deduction it would in that case if that were the case already be pulled out of the income as we report the income on the tax return and therefore lower the amount of income that in essence will be taxed on at that point so that format is going to be one of the easier ways to basically process the return and record this information because it will be done hopefully on the employer side fairly easily with a code that anybody can basically put into the system fairly quickly and that's why uh, the, the program for the employer uh, benefit program for the employer to pay the adoption credits can be beneficial to the employee in multiple different ways, but it can make things easier as well. Back, back to the text. You also may be able to exclude amounts not shown in box 12s of your form W-2 if all the following apply. First item, you adopt a child with special needs. Second item, the adoption became final in 2018. Last item, your employer had a written qualified adoption assistance program as described earlier. The following examples help illustrate how 
qualified adoption expenses and employer provided adoption benefits applied to the maximum adoption credit allowed. So let's take a look at some examples. Madeline paid 10,000 in qualified adoption expenses for the adoption of an eligible child. Under the Qualified Adoption Assistance Program, Madeline's employer reimbursed her for 4,000 of those expenses. Madeline may exclude 4,000 reimbursements from her income. So the 4,000 that was reimbursed are gonna basically be excluded from the income because she got reimbursed for them. However, because the employer reimbursed the 4,000 of her expenses of her expenses no longer meet the definition of qualified adoption expenses. As a result, Madeline's maximum adoption credit is limited to 6,000. So in other words, she paid the 10,000, but she got kind of paid back by her employers, but was reimbursed for the 4,000. And therefore in calculating the credit, we don't get to take the full 10,000. We've got to reduce it by the 4,000. But of course, there's a benefit to that because obviously they got reimbursed. So the 4,000 was reimbursed. Not only that, but the reimbursement from the employer may not be included in income. So that means the employer basically paid the employee 4,000 by reimbursing these expenses. And it's not something that the employee would have to include in income, which typically they would if it was any other, most other type of items, such as a, a payment to them or a payment for some other thing. And therefore, uh, the, the 4,000 has been received back, isn't included in income, but also, of course, it can't be included in the, the calculation for the credit calculation. Here's a test 1040. We have the single individual head of household, and we're gonna go through a similar type of scenario. So we're gonna say Adam Smith relationship. We have an adopted child. We're going to say that the income was 96,000. So we're going to say, hey, it was 100,000 and then there was 4,000 that was reimbursed expenses. So we'll say reimbursed adoption expenses with a qualified adoption assistance program. And when we enter that into the data input, we're going to say, all right, in the, in the data input screen, we've got the 96,000 in box one. We're going to imagine that on the W-2. And then on the W-2 in box 12, we have this T adoption benefits and that's gonna be the 4,000. So we're imagining the 100,000 would be the income total, but then we had 4,000 that was given for a qualified adoption expenses program directly to whoever the payment went to or to us as some type of reimbursement and therefore is not being included, we're gonna say here in uh, box one. So if we go back up to our forms then, we're gonna say, all right, here is uh, the 1040, the 1040 is going to have the 96,000 rather than the 100,000, reducing it by the 4,000 that the employer provided as the benefit. Remember, we paid 10,000, but we got, in essence, basically reimbursed of the 4,000 for the adoption costs. And that means that although our income was 100,000, we're going to say it was reduced down by that 4,000 to the 96 due to that payment. Then if we go to the qualified adoption, and that of course lowers the amount of tax that will be calculated. And then if we go to the qualified adoption expenses, form 8839, we're gonna scroll down and say in part two, the maximum adoption would be the 13810. So that 13810 would be the maximum. Of course, we only paid the 10,000 and then it got reduced by the 4,000 to basically 6,000. So in line five, we got the qualified adoption expenses is only the 6,000, although we paid the 10,000. That's the major key point that we're looking at here. That basically flows through. We'll discuss a little bit more of the form components in future presentation. If we go to the second page, 
we have part three employer provided adoption benefits where we had the 13810 is the maximum amount of exclusion that could be had and then we had the 4000 of the amount that was excluded line 20 says that the employer provided adoption benefits you received in 2018 this amount should be shown in box 12 of your 2018 w2 with the code section uh, t in it and you can see basically what it's doing here it's changing the the adjusted gross income so you'll note that our adjusted gross income on the 1040 is now going to be starting at the, the 96 in this case because it was reduced if we go back to the 8839 page 2 the modified adjusted gross income is going to add that 4,000 back in to what really our payment was because we received 100,000 including that benefit for the reimbursement of the adoption uh, expenses and then we could see that basically uh, flowing through to the rest of this here and that is what is going to limit the amount of payment that we can include up top to 6000 rather than the 10000 as we calculate the credit. The credit that is calculated then flows through to the Schedule uh, 3. We see it on C on line 54, and we're going to put 8839 as the form, 6000 That then is going to flow through to the 1040. So if we scroll down through the 1040, then it's going to be included here in box 12 so we have the box 12 we have the 2000 child tax credit we're not concentrating on that here and then the 8000 which of course includes the 6000 we just took a look at example two haley paid 20,000 in qualified adoption expenses for the adoption of an eligible child including 8000 of legal fees under the qualified additional assistance program haley's employer reimbursed the 8000 of legal fees Haley may exclude 8,000 employer reimbursed from her income. However, because of the employer reimbursement, 8,000 of Haley's expenses no longer meet the definition of qualified adoption expenses. As a result, Haley's maximum adoption credit is limited to 12,000, which is the 20,000 minus the 8,000. So we'll imagine a similar scenario in our test 1040. Uh, we're going to say head of household filing status. We're going to keep the name Adam Smith here. We got the a one dependent adopted child we're going to say if we scroll down we're going to say now there's 92,000 we're going to say that the 100,000 would have been the income reimbursed 8,000 of it and therefore we have we're down to the 92,000 which of course would lower the amount of the tax because the taxable income would be lower we're going to imagine then our w-2 income would be much the same where we have the 92 reported in box 1 12 showing that t for the adoption benefits which now is going to be the 8,000. Then if we go to our, our form for the 8839, we can see that on part three, we had the 13,810, which is the maximum exclusion allowed. We're gonna say that 8,000 of it was reported on W2 code section T, which brings our income up to the 100,000. So now they're gonna say our modified adjusted gross income is the 100,000, including the amount that was given even though it was not included in the taxable amount on the 1040 line one and that means that if we go to the part two then here's part one part two we have the maximum adoption uh, maximum adoption credit per child the 13810 and it's we're going to say that 20,000 was paid but it's now limited to 12,000 that we should be able to include here because the 8,000 was reimbursed and that would be the, what we can use to record the credit. 
Note that it's also being restricted. It's being restricted here to only 10,234. How is that the case? In essence, if we go back to the 1040, we're looking for that 10,234, which is going to be right here. And so in essence, this type of credit can't take the amount that we're going to receive below zero. They can't take the liability below zero. So it's going to be at one of the credits that are going to be included in line 12, which generally can only take us down to zero. And it's not included in something that we have the credits in line 17, which we call refundable credits, which could actually take us below that point. So the credit is, is large enough in this case, basically to take the liability, the tax liability down to, uh, in essence, zero. And it's not going to be able to generate a refund or money to the taxpayer beyond that, having no liability and then paying money to the taxpayer. Back to the text. Example three, the facts are the same as example two, except that instead of reimbursing Haley for her legal fees, the employer directly paid the 8000 to the law firm. The employer's payment to the legal fees produced the same result as the employer's reimbursement of the legal fees in example two, 8000 exclusion and 12,000 credit. So this is basically just emphasizing that it doesn't really matter as long as you have the qualified plan. If the full 20,000 was paid by uh, the employee and then they got reimbursed from the employer directly to the employee of the 8,000, then that would simply, similarly work as if the employer paid directly the 8,000 to the legal firm, the third party, uh, in essence, you can see it all kind of washes out in the same kind of way. But sometimes, of course, uh, they do need, sometimes things are set up so that uh, the plan has to actually pay the employer. You can see why that would be the case because then the IRS can kind of follow the paper trail possibly more easily. But in this case, they could reimburse the fees or the fees could be paid directly to the third party. Next example. Paul paid 30000 in qualified adoption expenses to adopt an eligible foreign child and the adoption became final in 2018. Under a qualified adoption assistance program, Paul's employer reimbursed him 13810 of those expenses. Paul may exclude 13810 reimbursement from his income. The remaining 16190 of expenses, 30000 minus the reimbursement 13810 continue to be qualified adoption expenses that are eligible for the credit however paul's credit is dollar limited to 13810 the remaining 2380 is it may never be claimed as a credit or excluded from gross income so note here we're, we're having basically the situation where the cap was hit right so if there's 30000 that was paid which is quite possible and then the, the reimbursement was the 13810 then that's great. That's going to be excluded. And that brings the amount of payment down to 16190 But that 16190 is greater than the maximum credit that can be taken. So, and that means that there's, there's a loss, basically, of some expenses that were paid. Part of that 30000 is not being now deducted or not being reduced of the income and is not being allowed as the credit. And then the question is, well, can we roll it forward <laughs> till the next year and maybe we take the credit in 2019? And they're saying here that it may never be claimed as a credit or exclusion from gross income. So no is the answer basically there they're giving. Let's see if we can take a look at a similar scenario here. So we've got the single or the head of household filer. We've got the one dependent. We're going to say it's the uh, adopted child here. 
and we're going to say that they earned 150,000, but the maximum was taken out, which was the 13,810, and therefore box one showing 136,190 reduced by the amount that's being taken out for the adoption expenses by the employer, which is the 13,810. If we take a look at the data input screen, you can imagine the W2 then showing this in box one, and then in box 12 having this T indicating adoption benefits of the 13,810. So in that case, we're going to say then that if we go down to the 8839 and look at the second page, we would say the employer provided adoption. The max could be 13810, and that's what was provided, 13810. That brings the modified AG up, up to 150. This is what the actual AGI was because they got basically, in essence, paid 13810 as a reimbursement or as payment for uh, the adoption expenses. And therefore, when we go to page one, the amount that we can claim as the adoption expenses is the 16,190, but the maximum is 13,810. So it's over the maximum. We can't go over that amount. So now we're going to say, all right, now it hit the cap, and therefore the amount of the credit is capped out at 13,810. So we've got some major caps here. One uh, is obviously going to be the caps on the amount of the 13,810. Also, we saw last time that we have the cap with the limitation on the liability. This is not something that we can get a refund for if there's, if there's no liability for. So now that 13810 rather than the 16190 is what we're going to have as the credit. And the difference between those two, so remember we paid 30000 and then we're going to say we got reimbursed 13810 That reimbursement from the employer means that we don't have to include that amount in our uh, taxable income so it reduced our tax so that's good and then we're going to say we also got a credit of 13810 so we got that back which leaves 2380 of the 30000 that we originally paid which we don't get a benefit for and you might ask well can we carry that forward till the next year 2019 and maybe get the credit in that year and typically and the answer is basically saying no generally we can't generally uh, do the carry forward. So if we go to Schedule 3 then, we see there's that 13,810 uh, other credits, Form 8839. That then flows forward to the 1040. On the 1040, we'll sit included in uh, Box 12. Note that because the income is high, they, have, they earn a lot of money here, then we're still over the liability and so still have a tax liability even after the credit. If the income was low, then we, we could have a restriction due to our liability as well. So it's something to keep in mind.